Okay, let's open our Bibles, please, to the book of Colossians, chapter 4. Colossians, chapter 4. I'm going to read, read, read uh, uh, verses 7 through 9 here tonight. Colossians, chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. And let's go ahead and pray and ask our Lord to bless the reading of his word here this evening. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now, God, that you would bless your word here tonight. Anoint it and give it life. Again, we thank you for the worship. We thank you, Father, for the praise. We thank you for the announcements and the activities, the life of the church. We pray and believe by faith that all of our prayer requests, Lord God, have been heard and that you are moving on our behalf even now as I speak. Now, Father, we ask you to bless this part of the service. In Jesus' name we pray. Now God's people said, Amen. All right, very good. Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. The Bible says this. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. So again, we're coming to the conclusion of this book called the book of Colossians. Okay. We've been studying this book for over a year now. And the apostle Paul is sharing his final thoughts and highlighting some of the faithful members of his ministry team. This is similar to what David, the king did in the old Testament. Let me just read you this section of scripture. Uh, this is was a very common thing that uh, people did. Second Samuel chapter 23 Verses 8 through 12, this is again towards the end of King David's life. And he's remembering and he's documenting the men of God that were so faithful in helping him and supporting him and encouraging him in the ministry. Listen to what David, the king, says as he's preparing to pass away from this earth. Second Samuel chapter 23, verses 8 through 12 says this. These are the names of David's mighty warriors. Joseph, Bashebeth, a Tekamonite, whose was chief of the three, he raised his spear against 800 men whom he killed in one encounter. Next to him was Eleazar, son of Dodai, the Ahohite. As one of the three mighty warriors, he was with David when they taunted the Philistines, uh, when they taunted the Philistines, gathered at Paz Damim for battle. Then the Israelites retreated, but Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Next to him was Shammah, son of Aji, the Hararite. When the Philistines banded together at a place where there was a field full of lentils, Israel's troops fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field. He defended it and struck the Philistines down, and the Lord brought about a great victory. So this is what the Apostle Paul is doing. He's saying, Thank you, Jesus, for the ministry team that you gave me, that you provided for me. And one of these, and the first ministry partner that the Apostle Paul mentions is Tychicus. We talked about him last Wednesday. Uh, we learned that Tychicus was with Paul in Rome, and that Tychicus was entrusted to take this letter, the letter to, Colossians, to the Colossians, personally to them. And in this letter, the Apostle Paul personally endorses Tychicus and lets the Colossians know that they can trust him to guide and teach them correct 
doctrine. Remember, the whole reason why the Apostle Paul even wrote this letter to the Colossians was because they were false preachers, false teachers, false prophets that were infiltrating the Colossian church, causing all kinds of confusion, causing all kinds of problems, teaching people wrong stuff and false stuff. And so Paul the Apostle was writing to the Colossians to straighten everything out, to clean everything up. And the person he was sending was Tychicus, who could be entrusted to teach them correct doctrine. And we learned last week that this responsibility to deliver this letter to the Colossians was not a simple task. If we can show that map once again on our online services, I'm not really sure for those of you that are here physically why we don't have it on the board here tonight. I apologize to you guys for that. But the, the map that we saw last week showed where the Apostle Paul was in the city of Rome, Italy. He was in Rome, Italy, and Tychicus was given the responsibility of taking that letter all the way to the city of Colossae, which was over 1,300 miles away. And remember, they didn't have the U.S. post office in those days. They didn't have cars or trucks. No, no, no. All Tychicus had was his feet, okay? Now, I don't know exactly how long it took for him to get there or how he traveled because he had to go through Italy. Then he had to cross one of the oceans. Then he had to go through Greece and then cross another ocean. And then he had to get to the country of Turkey, which at that time was called Asia. I mean, you're talking about a lot of traveling in a very slow process. So next time you get a letter late in the U.S. Postal Office, don't complain, okay? Don't complain because literally it would take a letter years to get from one place to the other in the days of Jesus Christ because they had no U.S. post office. I'm sorry, okay? So don't complain about the postal service that we have here in the United States. Isn't it amazing that we can get a letter from here in Chatsworth all the way across the world overnight if you're willing to pay the bucks? Can you say amen? But it can literally get there overnight today. And now we have email, we have texting, we have all kinds of ways to communicate so easily with each other. So don't complain, okay? Very, very good. Now, the main thing that we learned about Tychicus was what we read in Colossians chapter 4 verse 7. Tychicus, it says here, Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. For the Apostle Paul, Tychicus was a dear brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant in the Lord. And we mentioned last week, in your life and walk with Jesus Christ, it is very rare and challenging to find a true friend. I wish that wasn't true, but the reality is it's true. It's very hard to find a true friend. Why? Because at some time or another... When you find, when you think you found somebody that you can trust, when you think you found somebody that you, that is loyal, that you can really uh, feel comf comfortable with, and co man, they end up stabbing you in the back, and it breaks your heart. That's why, if you have found a good, true friend, you need to thank God for that. Okay, be careful not to let yourself be close to someone who is critical, who is harsh, who is combative, who is negative, who has a tendency to put people down instead of people building people up. Someone who will uh, be careful not to entrust someone to be your friend who will turn on you as soon as you show any kind of disagreement with 
them. How many of you understand what I'm talking about? Can you say? I mean, to be honest with you, as I said last week, it's better not to have anyone or a friend than to have a friend that's going to end up turning on you and messing you up. Can you say amen, church? It's a hard, sad thing to say, but we need to be careful. Sadly, even Jesus Christ, our Lord, was abandoned by his disciples at the end of his ministry here on earth. But Jesus Christ, our Lord, already knew that he would not be able to fully put his trust in any man. John chapter 2, verses 24 and 25, Jesus says these words. He says, but Jesus would not entrust himself to them, for he knew all people. How many of you know that God knows you? God knows you and he knows me. He says he knew all people. He did not need any testimony about mankind, for he knew what was in each person. It's amazing to me that God knows you and God knows me. And even though he knows us, guess what? He still wants to use us to do great things for him, church. Okay? Proverbs chapter 20, verse 6 says this. Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Micah, I'm going to give you three different versions of Micah, okay? Micah chapter 7, verse 5 in the NIV says this. Do not trust a neighbor. Put no confidence in a friend. Even with the woman who lies in your embrace, guard the words of your lips. Micah chapter 7, verse 5 in the Good News translation, it says this. Don't believe your neighbor or trust your friend. Be careful what you say even to your husband or wife. Okay, I'm going to tell you Micah chapter 7 verse 5 in the New Living Translation. This one's pretty straight up. It says this. Don't trust anyone, not your best friend or even your wife. How many of you are glad that Jesus says, don't worry, buddy. I will stay closer to you than a brother. You can trust Jesus. Can you say amen? Church? That's why we're here in church, because we're putting our trust in the Lord. Not in a counselor, not in a man, not in a woman, not in the president, not in a political leader. We're putting our trust in Jesus. He's the only one that we can trust here tonight, church. The only one. So what is the point in terms of the Apostle Paul? The Apostle Paul is saying, Tychicus is a dear brother. He's a faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord. Someone who was loyal and that could be, and that could be trusted to get the job done. And brothers and sisters, guys, if you can find a friend like that, ladies, if you can find a friend like that, then you need to thank God because that's a very rare gift in a person's life. There are people out there, but it's a very rare gift. Praise God. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. If you have someone in your life that you can consider a true friend, you need to thank God for that. So let's move on now to discuss a member, another member of Paul's ministry team. And his name is Onesimus. Onesimus. Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9 says this, Tychicus will give you a full report about how I am getting along. He is a beloved brother and faithful helper who serves with me in the Lord's work. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, to let you know how we are doing and to encourage you. Verse 9, I am also sending Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, one of your own people. He and Tychicus will tell you everything that's happening here. Now, in verse 9, the Apostle Paul names a man by the name of Onesimus. And again, what does the Apostle Paul tell us right there in Colossians chapter 4, verse 9 about Onesimus? He says, number one, he is a faithful brother. Number two, he is a beloved brother. 
And number three, he says, he is one of your own people. In other words, he is from the city of Colossae and a member of the church in Colossae. But what else does the Bible tell us about Onesimus? The only other place that we find his name, Onesimus, in the Bible is in the book of Philemon. In the book of Philemon. Since there's only 25 verses in the book of Philemon or one chapter, I thought it would be good for us to read it here tonight. So those of you that are here, you got to go old school. Get yourself a Bible or go on your phone. Go to the book of Philemon. We don't have it on the board here. Okay, so go to the book of Philemon, and we're going to just read it. I'm going to read it out of the NIV version, so you could just go ahead and follow along with me here tonight, okay? I'm going to read the whole thing. It's 25 verses here tonight. I'm going to start in verse 1. It says this, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, to Aphia, our sister, to Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because your brother, because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the saints. Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I appeal to you on the basis of love. I then, as Paul an old man and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my son Onesimus, who became my son while I was in chains. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he has become useful both to you and to me. I am sending him, who is my very heart, back to you. I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do will be spontaneous and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a a little while was that you might have him back for good. No longer as a slave, but better than a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a man and as a brother in the Lord. So, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me. If he has done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. I do wish, brother, that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Confident, of your obedience, I write to you, knowing that you will do even more than I ask. And one thing more, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends you greetings, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your Spirit. I want to highlight just a few verses of Scripture to give us an example of who Onesimus was here through Philemon. Philemon chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 says this, Paul, a prisoner of Christ, and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear fellow friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets 
in your home. Verse 2 mentions a church. Apparently, Philemon's home was used as a church gathering for Christians. Then we learn about the relationship that Onesimus had with Philemon. In the book of Philemon, chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, it says this, Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. So we learn that Onesimus was Philemon's slave. And we learn that Onesimus was a runaway slave. He had run away. And when he ran away, he took refuge with the Apostle Paul in Rome. Now, the Apostle Paul is sending Onesimus back to Philemon because Paul knows that Onesimus left on bad terms and had to take responsibility to, to, uh, for what he did in, a, in running away from, uh, from his position that he had. We learn something about the character and the heart of Onesimus. What do we learn? Onesimus, because he is now a Christian, instead of fighting with the Apostle Paul, instead of arguing with the Apostle Paul, instead of rebelling against the Apostle Paul, instead of con continuing to run away, even from the Apostle Paul, Onesimus humbles himself, repents of his actions, and willingly returns to Philemon as a slave. That's like if you were in prison and somehow or other you got away from prison and then you met the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Paul, uh, because now you're a Christian, he tells you, you got to go back to prison, dude. And you go back. That's what Onesimus did. And that's a hard thing to do. How many of you understand what I'm saying? You're a slave. You run away. You're free. And now you become a Christian. And the Apostle Paul tells you, dude, you got to go back. You got to go back and be a slave again. And he did. And he did. Philemon chapter 1 verse 12. I am sending him who is my very heart back to you. So apparently Onesimus was a runaway slave, but the apostle Paul was sending him back to Philemon, who was the legal owner. Philemon was the legal owner of Onesimus as a slave. And then the apostle Paul begins to lay a heavy trip on Philemon and, and lets Philemon know that Paul needs Onesimus to help him in the ministry. Listen to what Paul tells Philemon in the book of Philemon chapter 1 verses 13 and 14. He says this, I would have liked to keep him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I did not want to do anything without your consent, so that any favor you do would not seem forced, but would be voluntary. First of all, Paul tells uh, Philemon, Onesimus is my very, very heart. Paul is saying to Philemus, dude, I need Onesimus to help me because I'm in chains. I can't move from here. I need for someone to be my hands and my feet on the outside. Okay, uh, I need for someone to be my spokesman and get things done on the outside. And you're not here, Philemon. You're not here, but Onesimus is. So please consider my situation. Ooh, the apostle Paul tells Philemon, bro, he's taking your place. Bro, you should be here helping me. You should be here right now by my side. But instead, Onesimus is here with me, and because you're not here with me, and Onesimus is here with me, and he's taking your place, please consider sending him back. I desperately need Onesimus here with me because I am in chains, but I am sending him back to you. Even though I need him really bad, I'm sending him back to you because I know that he ran away, and that was not right. But Philemon, 
If you want to do what's right, then you will send him back to me voluntarily. Paul is letting Philemon know that he needs the help of Onesimus. Paul is letting Philemon know that Onesimus is taking his place. Paul is letting Philemon know that he realizes that Onesimus left without Philemon's approval. But now Paul is asking Philemon to send Onesimus back to him with his approval and with his blessing. Then to further put a trip on Philemon, the apostle Paul tells Philemon, that if Onesimus has caused him any financial loss, that the Apostle Paul would pay for any losses. But at the same time, the Apostle Paul reminds Philemon that Philemon owes the Apostle Paul a great debt, a greater debt than Philemon could ever pay him back. And in reality, Philemon owes him everything, especially salvation in Jesus Christ. Christ. How many of you know that our salvation is priceless? Can you say amen? I don't know how you came to Jesus. I don't know what the circumstances were. I don't know what what situations you went through. But man, thank God for that day that you came to Jesus Christ. Money cannot pay for that, church. I wanted you to know that. Philemon chapter 1, verses 18 and 19 says this. If he has done done you any wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand. I will pay it back, not to mention that you owe me your very self. Remember that example that Jesus gave to his disciples in the book of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through uh, 35. Listen to what it says here. It says, Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. And I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat you treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. What is Jesus saying? You can't just say with your mouth, I forgive you. No, no, no. You have to forgive them from your heart. Why do we have to forgive each other when we stab each other in the back, when we hurt each other, when we discourage each other, when we treated each other wrong? Why do we have to forgive each other? Because Jesus Christ forgave us. He forgave us a way bigger debt than you and I can ever forgive each other for. We need to be very patient with one another. Can you say amen, church? 
Then to really put the squeeze on Philemon, the apostle Paul tells Philemon that as an apostle, Paul could order or force Philemon to send Onesimus back to him. But Paul would prefer that Philemon did it on his own, that Philemon would send Onesimus back to him voluntarily. Why? For the sake of the ministry and because it was the right thing to do. Philemon chapter 1, verse 8 and 9 says this, Therefore, although in Christ I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do, yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. You see, as a pastor, I can order you, you be in church. And if you're not in church, I'm going to sue you. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send some guys over. I don't want to beat you. I could order and force you to come to church. I could hire a, 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 the mafia and all kinds of hitmen and say, man, if you, man I'm going to send my hitmen over. And you better be in church, dude. How many of you are glad that God doesn't work that way? You know why you're in church? Because you want to be in church. You know why you follow God? Because you want to follow God. Because you love God. Because you know what he's done for you. See, God can order us to do things. But he says, no, 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 no. I want you to do things because you love me. And you want to serve me. And I'm important to you. That's how God operates. And how many of you thank God for that? Amen. Thank God Pastor Jerry's not operating this thing because I would hit, have my hitman at your house every time you miss church. But because God's running this thing, okay, it's all from the heart. It's all from the heart. So apparently Philemon did send Onesimus back to the Apostle Paul. And so now Onesimus is in Rome with Paul. Not only is Onesimus with, is with, uh, with Paul in Rome, but the Apostle Paul is going to send him to Colossae with Tychicus to deliver this letter and to help the church in Colossae to be strengthened and to receive correct doctrine. Let's go back to our section of scripture, Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, and read it again. Tychicus will tell you all the news about me. He is a dear brother, a faithful minister, and fellow servant in the Lord. I am sending him to you for the express purpose that you may know about our circumstances and that he may encourage your hearts. He is coming with Onesimus, our faithful and dear brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that is happening here. So again, here the Apostle Paul is not only endorsing Tychicus, but he's also endorsing Onesimus. And here's the thing, church. Onesimus is a former slave. Onesimus is a former nobody. Onesimus is a former lowlife, a reject, someone that was looked at as property. He had no significance. He had no voice. He had no influence. He was considered to be less than a human being because he was a slave. But now because of Christ, let me say it again. Now because of Christ, I got, I need to say it again. Now because of Jesus Christ coming into his life, he is a brother in the Lord. He is a saint. He is a member of the body of Christ. He is endorsed not only by the apostle Paul, but by the blood of Jesus we overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony, the authority of Jesus, the power of Jesus, the anointing of the Holy Spirit in Jesus. Do you know how many nobodies and low lives and insignificant people God has turned around to be used to be 
become great men and women of God. If you don't, just look in the mirror one of these days and you're going to thank God that God took a nobody like you, God took a nobody like me, and he saved us, church. He gave us the greatest gift, the gift of salvation. He can take a complete failure, nobody, insignificant person and turn them into a great man and a great woman of God. Can you say amen, church? Colossians chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Galatians 3, 26 through 29, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. God took a slave, a runaway slave, a person that was looked at as a piece of trash and God put his anointing and his spirit into him. His name is Onesimus and he became a mighty warrior for the kingdom of God, church. And his name is in the Bible for all eternity. You and I who are in Christ are no longer slaves to sin. You and I who are in Christ are no longer in bondage to the devil. You and I who are in Christ are no longer in darkness. You and I who are in Christ are no longer insignificant players. You and I who are in Christ are now children of God. You and I who are in Christ are now free. You and I who are in Christ are now forgiven and empowered by the Holy Spirit to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, our Creator, our Lord and our Savior. And His name is Jesus. We are warriors and soldiers in the army of God. First Peter 2 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Let's pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God, for what you've done for us, Lord. For taking us out of wherever we were. And today we are children of God. And for that we say, thank you, Father. If you're here tonight or if you're listening online and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian. I have never surrendered my life to Jesus. If that's you here this evening, just lift up your hand. And if you're home, just lift up your hand right there at your house. God sees it. I don't see it, but God sees it. God sees you surrendering your life to him right now. Listen. Do not listen to the enemy, the devil, who's trying to tear you up. Trying to tell you that you're worthless, that you're no good, that you're a reject, that there's no hope, that you're helpless, that, that you're all, that, 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 that you can't get out of whatever. No, stop listening to those lies. God wants to set you free. He wants to set you free. He wants to change your life. And he's the only one that's powerful enough to do it. So if you're here tonight, if you're listening right now, and you say, Jerry, I am not a Christian, and I want to surrender my life to God, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. Say, Father, 
in the name of Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to help me, to save me. I willingly open the door to my heart and I ask you, Jesus, to come in, take over my life. I surrender to you as my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let's give glory to God by faith that people are coming to Jesus. Amen. Now I want to speak to those of you out there that are listening. Listen. Do not allow the enemy to tear you down. Don't let him tear you down. No matter what anybody says to you. I mean, I... You know, your parents may have said mean things to you. Your teachers may have said mean things to you. Your coaches may have said mean things to you. Your friends may, your neighborhood friends may have said mean things to you. Listen, God wants to do great things in your life. But he wants you to trust him. He wants you to trust him. So if you're a Christian right now and you're feeling discouraged or you're feeling defeated or you're feeling low, or you're feeling worthless, or you're feeling like everything's all messed up, let's pray for you right now. Let's pray for you right now that the Holy Spirit will encourage you and lift you up out of that dark place that you're in. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now I'm praying for my brothers and sisters, those that may be struggling, those that may be hurting, those that may be discouraged or depressed, or in any way, Lord God, going through through a difficult, dark time in their life right now, Lord. Maybe they're even suicidal. I'm talking to my brothers and sisters who are Christians, Lord, but they're being bombarded. They're, they're, they're hurt. They've been discouraged. Something has happened, Lord God, to, to knock the wind out of them. And Lord God, we want to put the wind back, the wind of the Holy Spirit, the breath of your Spirit back into them, Lord God, that they will be lifted up and encouraged and that they will know, Lord, that you are God, that you will never leave them and you will never forsake them. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you, church. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Be encouraged. You belong to Jesus. Hallelujah. And he is going to bless you. Praise the Lord. Have a good night.